sir. Uh, first of all, sir, I want to thank you for taking your time. You know, th this is this is real big. I know you're a busy man. We we chatted a little bit. I know you're doing things in the studio, so your time is greatly appreciated. Just want to let you know that. Yes, sir. I thank you for having me, my brother. No doubt, no doubt. Um, let let's start start here. You were born and raised in Cleveland, is that correct? Yes, sir. At St. Luke's Medical Center, man. Okay. Born and raised. Uh, did you play any sports or anything like that? Yeah, I was actually the first string quarterback for my high school. Really? Rose. James Ford Rhodes. <laughs> yes, sir. I was always a superstar, man. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so, so that arm was right. Yes, sir. That's how I got the position. Well, I was actually fast, too. So, you know, had a little bit of fastness in me. But the funny thing is that uh, I was the shortest on the team. So normally the tall guy gets the quarterback, right? Right. But they gave me that. My coach's strategy was when my line stood up, couldn't nobody see what I was doing. <laughs> Run. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's yeah, up. man, but I, I had about one of the most fun times of my life, man. I was the first one to bust through the banner and everything. One of my most, I, I enjoyed that more than the music. How about that? Really? So how yeah. many years did you play football? Uh, before they snatched me out of school to go do the music thing, I played two years straight. Okay, okay. And you was like, man, I'm about to go ahead and jump on this music and yeah, I mean, I got a got a huge opportunity, so I was just like, man, let me. I'm just, I love them both. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was the rap guy at my school too. You know what I mean? So I was the rap guy, the quarterback. You know, I was the man, man. Okay, so when you the rap guy and you the quarterback, you had all the ladies. Yeah, I, I ain't gonna front, man. I I had it. I had it. I had it. I had it pretty good in high school, man. <laughs> I'm I'm sure a few people have vouched for that. I had it pretty good in high school. <laughs> so where did your musical influence come from? Um, well, my it comes it's in my genes, man. My biological father, rest in peace. Um, uh, he's uh he's a hell of an entertainer, man. His name was King Moses, mm -hmm. and um, he did his his genre of music was called. Hard rock gospel funk. Mm. Yeah, man. And and he performed. He wore robes and the staff and everything, just like King Moses. And he used to tear the stage up. But that's where it come from in my genes. But my stepdad is Sonny Jones that started the Daz Band. So during the recording of the Daz Band's whole album, I was sitting on my dad's lap watching wow. them record that whole album, all of those albums. So you was a studio rat at an early age. Yes, yes. Around equipment and everything, because they was a band. They was a full band. So I was around, you know, with the Let It Whip and Invitation to Love and all that whole stuff. I was there for all that joystick. I was there for all of it. Okay, okay. So what made you pursue hip-hop? Uh, LL Cool J made me pursue hip-hop. Um. I was always into music, and when I saw him get on the mic, I saw I'm Bad one day. <laughs> Man, when I saw I'm Bad, I said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> Changed your life. Man, I started jumping off of my bunk bed and uh, doing them rhymes, man, and started writing to his beats 
and all that whole nine man, and that's I, that couldn't, can't nobody till date say nothing bad about LL. That's my boy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he gets overlooked a lot of time. I, I'm, I think it might be a generational thing, but the longest LL working was, in the industry, the longest working in the industry. Yeah, <laughs> still Wait, working. Yeah, <laughs> man, he said it off. Do Do you remember your first rhymes you wrote? Yep. Yes, I do. How'd it go? Ramming and climbing to the highest peak. My rhymes are hard and yours are weak. My rhymes are heavy. They're not really light. And I fight it and fight it with all of my might. When I see fine girls, I like to feel on their butts. When the girls see me, they like to feel on my nuts. All the girls that I had, they didn't look bad. When I got in them pants, man, they were really glad. When you see me in the street, my hat is to the side. My rhymes are not bumpy. They slowly glide. Don't take no crack, no drugs, no joints. I got a healthy boutique. Do you get the point? All the girls love me because my name is Brains. And since my nuts are so big, they're in the Hall of Fame. See, my rhymes are clean, as it's clear to be seen. If I see fine girlies, I love the scheme. I think you better stop. I see you starting to choke. And my name is MC Brains, and that ain't no joke, joke, joke. <laughs> that was my first rhyme ever. I wrote that when I was like 12, 14. No, about 13. Okay, okay. And I, and I never forgot. I never forgot it because I never got rid of the piece of paper. Damn. Kept it. I'm, 40, I'm 47 now. That was from back then. Yeah, you, yeah, you got it. Now, being <laughs> in Cleveland, were there any uh, local influences that, that kind of really – Made you go hard at this? Yes, man. Um, Suave Gotti played a big role. Uh, his name was the Pink Gangster at the time. Mm -hmm. Suave Day, the Pink Gangster. I, he used to be on the radio a lot. And um, he had a dope rhyme skill. Uh, MC Chill. Okay. All yeah. Those guys, yeah, MC Chill. Those, those guys have got to pay the way for me, man. And I still communicate with them and everything to this day. You know what I'm saying? So those guys are the ones that made me, you know, inspired me to to say that we can do it from Cleveland. You know what I mean? And they were, you know, they were they were local. Chill, I think Chill had a Chill had a major deal, but uh, he was like him and Suave and, and K Chill and MC Chill, brothers of the struggle. All of them was the ones that I was hearing on the radio at the time. Right, Cleveland radio used to rock. I used to love Cleveland radio. Come on, man, Johnny on the Source the Crew. Yes, yes, man. They they. They, that's what you look forward to on the weekends, just to hit them. Club, club style, baby. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, FM 108 WDMT. Yes, sir. And you better have you a tape ready and get ready to put some paper in the in the holes. Yeah. <laughs> Man, these kids will never understand that. Right. You put paper in the holes, and then as soon as you hear the commercial about to come on, you hit pause. Yep. Soon as it's about to start back up, then you hit pause again. Wow. Yeah, that, that was the time. So now, when, when did you start really taking your rapping seriously? Um, well, I started off beatboxing for, for my crew. My crew was in school, called, was called the B-Boy MCs. In, okay. jun in junior high school. And I was the beatbox for the B-Boy MCs. But, you know, I don't know if you know nothing about it, but, like, you know, you go in the corner of a room, you get more bass if you put your face in the corner. Right, yeah. 
So that's what we, you know, that was my job. We would go in the bathroom or something at school and we have a rap battle. I go stick my face in the corner and, you know what I'm saying? I hit him off with that. But then I started realizing ain't nobody paying attention to me. They paying attention to the rappers. Right. <laughs> so I, I said one day, I said, I told him, I said, I want to go home. I want to write me a rhyme. And that's when I saw I'm bad. And I just wrote me a rhyme, man. I wrote that rhyme. And then I came back to school the next day. And um, I was beatboxing for the for the, for the the for my other crews. And then all of a sudden, my other dude started beatboxing. And I came in and blew everybody away. You know what yeah. I mean? So I've been rapping ever since, man. I got that response. And then I noticed that everywhere I do it at, people enjoy it. So I did it more and more and more and more. Right. You just kept adding on to your arsenal. Yeah. I was in the streets, but what would keep me out of the streets was being able to go to the studio. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I would hit pause on all of the nonsense to go to the studio, do talent shows. You know, talent shows was big then. Yeah. So yeah. You can go be in a talent show like every week, every weekend or some shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we would be, you know, getting ready for the talent shows. And I was proactively doing all of that stuff and never lost a talent show ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> never. They knew when I came in the building that it was time to get busy. Man. So now how, how did um how did you run into Michael Bivens? How did that whole thing play out? Uh, but yeah, again, like by me doing so many talent shows and things like that, um, a lot of people knew my records. Uh, they knew the hooks to my records because I did them so much in front of people. I never had it out, but I just did it in front of people so much that it was able to sing along with me. And um, so a lot of people knew me from the talent shows. Uh, my mother got a call about three o'clock and about two o'clock in the morning from one of her friends and said that uh, BBD was up at Denny's. And, uh, you know, my mom's friend worked up there. It was a bus boy or some shit like that. So he called my mom like, yo, I know it's a school night. I know Shannon is probably asleep, but y'all need to get up here to uh, to Denny's. Michael Bittman up here. Opportunity waiting. So to show you how my mom was such a big part of my career, it has always been I was in bed. She came and woke me up on a school night. She came and woke me up on a school night and said, hey, we got to go. <laughs> so she had her nightgown on. She had uh, a trench coat over the nightgown. Mm. She had her head wrap on. I think I jumped in some shorts and some sneaks, and we ran out the door. When we got there, it was a big crowd. It was a big crowd in there. And um, when I saw the crowd... I got, I froze up a little bit. I said, nah, ma, I'm cool. I'm cool. She was like, shit, you got me out here. You got me. You got me crazy. So she jumped out the car. I'm still in the car. She jumped out the car and went over to where they was at. And I just mm -hmm. seen her little head going. I seen the security try to stop her for a minute. But then uh, the new Michael Bivens and them held the security up. And she was just talking her stuff. And then she just turned around and waved her hand to come on. So I couldn't even standing up, so I had to get on out the car and come on. Right. So when I got so when I got over there, you know, he was like, "What you got, kid?" He said, "Can you do it right here in front of everybody?" I was already prepared because I had my demo. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace to uh, EQ, man. EQ was a big engineer, recording, you know, producer, everything. 
I remember that, EQ. Yeah, yeah, I remember. yeah, EQ was the first one to let me in the lab, man. Um, so I was prepared with my uh, with my demo and everything, and um, um, he said, "Can you do it right here in front of everybody?" And I said, "Yeah." So I started doing my thing and going back to what I was telling you earlier. A lot of people knew my records, so when they started singing with me, he was impressed with that shit. He looked around like, "What the? What the <laughs> <laughs> this kid ain't even got nothing out." <laughs> you know his music. Yeah, they know his music. So, and then I had, and then I was prepared. I had my demo and the whole shit. So I gave him the demo. Uh, he told me I can go on, and you know, he'll be getting in contact with me. But it was just another meeting somebody because I had been told this. You know, you hear that from everybody. Yeah, we gonna hook you up. We got you. We got you. We got you. So I just took it with a grain of salt. Really, it was nice to meet him, but I kind of took it with a grain of salt. You know what I'm saying? But um. Maybe about two weeks later, I got a call from a producer that he worked with that actually did the music to Uchi Coochie. And he wanted to vibe with me for a couple of weeks just to uh, get where I'm coming from. You know what I'm saying? That whole nine. So we got that little relationship. And then roughly within a month's time, um, I came home from school from outside one day. And my mom told me I had plane tickets on the table. You know what I mean? So that was my first time flying. Only place I had ever been to is Chicago because that's my other half of my family is in Chicago. So I went there every summer. You know what right. I'm saying? So the only place I ever been was Chicago. So here I am, got tickets on the way to Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I didn't know I would be doing that 30 days before I was doing that. You know what I'm saying? But right. then um, I ended up getting the deal, got, got the deal. I ended up going to Hollywood. At the time, you know, um, uh, you can meet people at the, at the gate at the time. So, you know, Michael Bivens, Ronnie DeVoe, and some fans was behind him. So they all welcomed me when I got off the gate. And then I pulled off with them. Uh, we went shopping, make a long story short. Bought me about $10,000 worth of clothes. Put me in my condo. Got me a Range Rover. Um, just got me everything that I needed on the first day to make me MC Brains. You know what I'm saying? So immediately did that. And then from there, it was just kind of like, we messed around in the studio for a minute. Uh, he gave me a beat. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the beat. Okay. When he gave me the beat, it was Uchi Coochie. But where I come from, we listening to Scarface, Ice Cube, you know what I'm saying, Special Ed, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I get this beat, and the first thing I can think about is my hood and and – and just where I'm from, what everybody going to say. Right. You know what I'm saying? So he told me to take the beat home. He said, I want some girls on it saying, Uchi coochie, la, 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 Uchi coochie, la, la, la. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, so like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm like, yo. So I got to the hotel, and I, I, call, I called the OG. I called Mama. I said, Ma, I said, they gave me a beat. Did I can't said I can't. She said, Well son, you a songwriter, right? I said, Yeah, I'm a songwriter. I write songs. She was like, There ain't nothing different with this one. She said, either you can come on home or you can go on and do what you gotta do while you there. She said, Look around where you at. I looked around, I saw palm trees and shit. Uh -huh. I said, I said, You're right, mama. I said, I'm gonna sit down and write this record. Mm -hmm. And I sat and I sat down and I wrote a hit record. Now, how old were you at this time? Sixteen, just turned just just turning seventeen. So, so like you're just a kid, super kid, 
super kid. Just turned just 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 turned seventeen. Just turned seventeen. Um, so I did the record, and um, at the time it was just to do a record. We didn't even have a plan yet. Right. Um, Boyz and Men and A Boyz and Men and ABC were doing a lot of touring, so mm -hmm. I was just hanging. I was hanging with Mike. Mike was just cool with having, because, you know, they were kids, and Boyce and Men was kind of suburb, suburban-type dudes. So, right. you know, Mike was young at the time, so he got a kick out of having a young dude from the hood around him. <laughs> I was drinking 40s, smoking Newports, you know what I'm saying? Right. So, you know, smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? So he thought that was cool, you know what I'm saying? Look at my little street dude, ah, you know what I'm saying? But he got me singing Oochie Coochie. <laughs> so, <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm traveling with them, and I travel with them to Apollo, the Apollo Theater. Okay. And when I go to the Apollo Theater, I'm just sitting in the empty Apollo Theater watching them rehearse, Boyce and Men in ABC. Mike come and sit next to me and ask me, he say, hey, man, you want to perform here tonight? I said, the song, the song we did? I said, yeah, I'll perform. Let's get it. Yeah. So he got me a dressing room. Um Went and got a fashion designer to go get my clothes. Put my room, my dressing room was right next to Kiki Shepard's dressing room. I got in there, put my clothes on, came out there. I think I might have been the first guest on there that wasn't signed. I really, truly, honestly believe that. I wasn't signed yet. And I was on there as a guest, like when the commercial went on. Next up, MC Brains. Right. <laughs> like I got the full hookup and I was never signed yet. I never even put a record out. Right. So we did it. And when I came out here and did the song, I got a standing ovation. You know what I'm saying? They went crazy over it. So uh -huh. Motown immediately contacted Mike and said, y'all got to put that record out right now. So we went, we went and did the video. Lionel Martin shot the video. He's a big film director. He shot the video at the Warner Brothers Studios. Uh, we shot the video. It was a one-day shoot. It was about 5.30 in the morning. Again, remind you, I'm just 17. I get there at 5.30 in the morning. I see about 100 women with my name all over their butts and their shirts and over their top. I'm like, whoa! What the hell? You know what I'm saying? And not only, not only girls, grown women. I said, right. shit! <laughs> so, I mean, the video went dope, man. We put the video out, man. I'm talking about we had this song out maybe two weeks, and it just took over. It took over the charts. It took over all the rap charts. And I try to tell people. I try to tell people all the time. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, MC Brains. Yeah, he had that pop record." Blah, 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 blah. Let me make you understand what. I, and a lot of people don't understand this. It was the number one rap song in the country, not the number one pop song. It was the number one rap song on the rap charts, not the pop charts. On the rap, and, and by the way, I was on the pop charts as well. But Uchi Coochie was the number one rap song in the country over every gangster song that was out during the time. So, what that taught me is about making a hit record, and what also taught me is about a song and a record. You got some songs that's just songs. You know what I'm saying? But then you got some records that's a record, that's a really a record, and you can work it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't believe I didn't believe in the record. I didn't believe in the record. Because it because it because it wasn't what you was really from. It wasn't what I was from. I knew how to write it. Yeah. Just because I'm a writer. I knew how to write it. 
But and and I still thought it was corny. I thought it was my. I thought it. I, I always be honest when I speak about it. I thought it was corny, but I grew to respect it when I saw how many people loved it. And it wasn't the dudes; it was the ladies. And who don't want all the ladies to love them? Yeah, man. Everywhere I go, man, there was a line of women everywhere to see me about that song. So, <laughs> so I don't. I enjoy being in my lane. Yes. Because it keeps me out of the, the 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 bowl of all the sharks. I'm 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 I do my little thing just like now. I talk about my new project in a minute, but what it does is it keeps me in my lane where I could do what I want to do. A lot of people take Uchi Coochie, but they don't realize I got two other top forty records. I got three top forty records outside of Uchi Coochie. What type of pressure was you feeling at that age with everything that was going on and how it was the uh, developing so fast? Um, well, I was used to celebrity and all that type of thing through my dad and, uh, through the dad's band. Cause I would travel with them a lot. Like my mom did a lot of their outfits and sold their clothes and all that kind of stuff. My dad was the money behind that band. You know what I mean? So I was around all of it all the time. Like the Sugar Hill gang came and ate at my house. You know what I'm saying? So I was always around it. You know what I'm saying? So the stardom side, I was used to. Okay. What threw me for a loop was being places I've never been and they know who I am. Mm-hmm. That's what threw me for a loop as a kid. Here it is. You go to Texas, never been to Texas a day in your life, and everybody that walked past you, hey, that brains. You're like, oh, shit. Make, <laughs> go, make you go in a hotel room and look at yourself in the mirror. Like, what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. What what was your favorite place to perform? You do you have like a favorite venue? Oh uh, man, Philly always turned up with me, man. Philly, Philly always turned up with me. Chicago always turned up with me. Man, to be honest, man, I try to tell people this all the time. Like even if you look at my sound scan, my sound scan is very even. It's even all the way across the map. So I'm able. I, I was able to travel, and I mean, women from every city and every state came out to see me. That's why I always give it up to them. That's why you don't that's why you don't hear me on my records dogging them out. And none of that. I'll be a fool too. I'll be talking against completely against my brand. Right, right. So what would you say was the big what is the biggest misconception about you? The biggest misconception about me is that um I'm hard to get to. Um I'm not really hard to get to. I just, I'm very selective about my time and who I spend it with. Correct. Because I realize, I realize that time is valuable. And, I, and, and through that misconception, I believe myself and other people lose opportunities because it was actually very simple just to contact me and I was probably going to do it. Okay. okay. You feel what I'm saying? So, so sometimes because of my presentation, which I'm not going to change my presentation. I was taught by, Mo- I come from a, a historical record label, Motown Records, and they taught me how to be a recording artist and taught me how to, you know, do things the correct way. I don't do shit bootleg. I just, I just can't. And because I don't do things bootleg, I put myself on a different level. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But people, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the trill ones. I just make sure my shit look good. You know what I'm saying? And anybody that come across me know that I'm I'm cool. I just don't like suckers, man. I don't like 
I don't like suckers and I don't like people that don't like to see other people win. And I expose them. Other than that, I'm 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 a great guy. I love people. I love helping people. I take care. I I do community events. I do all kind of shit, man. I make yeah. sure that I'm involved. I help the I help the youth. I do all kind of stuff. I feed my neighborhood. I do all that, man. Yeah, you're definitely a real one. Like, I I enjoyed your your vibe when you had came down to uh, Eric Snell's uh, event. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying. And and that was beautiful. I can't wait till he throws another one. That that's yeah. what I'm looking to do. Yeah. Good people. And and like I said, you you was just one of us. <laughs> hey, I tell people all the time. A lot of entertainers get caught up in. I'm no different than a mechanic. I'm no different than the fireman. I'm no different than the policeman. I'm no different than the fucking contractor. I'm no. I that this is just my job. Everybody got a job to make this world turn. Right, right. Everybody got a job to make the world turn. Mine just happened to be music. Did at any uh, particular point in time you feel like you felt that you uh, you wanted to do a song or an album? Like, let me show these motherfuckers I can really, really spit. Yeah, but then at the same time when I've done that, like... I do it on mixtapes and stuff like that. But I kind of don't like to do it because when I go on the road, I come across those ciphers and I eat their ass up. <laughs> <laughs> tear their mother, tear their uh, mouth out. Every cipher we get in. <laughs> I come from hip hop. That's right. where I come, from. I, come <laughs> from. I come from battle rap. I come from all of that. Don't let the Uchi Coochie fool you. <laughs> I don't think maybe they about to just go ahead and just smear you out. Then it's Man. like, hold on, what this kid talking about now? I rap circles around 90% of these rappers today. Circ <laughs> with my eyes closed. What, what was the biggest thing you feel you learned from Michael Bivens? How not to let someone take advantage of you. Mm -hmm. Michael Bivens stole every dime that I could have made. Mm. Michael Bivens stole my publishing. Michael Bivens stole my record sales. Michael Bivens stole my show money. Michael Bivens stole everything that MC Brains could have made at that time legally now isn't that ironic because i watched the uh you know when they had the bt movie and for him to turn around and do the same thing that he was complaining about well see some people you got some people that do what was done to them and then you got some people that do the opposite he one of them old creepy motherfuckers that do the opposite to do the exact same thing that was done to him. He get justification out of that. Like me, um, I don't want, yeah, we were kids then, and the problem is is now that I'm, I'm a man. So he tries to avoid me as much as possible. He, all, all, all the time. You know what I'm saying? And when you were trying to avoid someone, that's because you know you've done something to him. Your spirit ain't feeling right. Your spirit don't feel right. You can't even be around that person. But what I've done is turn it around. You know what I mean? So 
I I now like with my artists, I teach my artists how to how to be their own boss. Like my artists come to me, we start their we start their entertainment company and they are their first artists. I'm just their partner. My company is a partner with their company that I showed them how to set up. Okay. So my artist is not my artist. My artist is my partners. You feel what I'm saying? Right. And and that's what gives me I get so much so much gratification out of seeing them go around hurdles that they would have hit their knees on. Right. Because me personally, I'm all about the culture. And that's how you keep the culture moving forward. You know, all, all this other shit is like we, we cutting the culture short. Exactly. You guys want to be vultures out here. Exactly. Like, this is this is the time, like, and I and I have no color barrier, man. I got some best friends that's white. I got some some family members, all type of stuff that's white. So I have no color barrier. But as a young black man, you have uh, opportunity. We 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 you know as young black men, you know you can be older and create things for yourself. But as a young black man that's caught up in the neighborhood and all that kind of stuff, those are our opportunities to blossom. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like if it was football, basketball, some of that. That that was our tickets. Yeah. Out, of the, out of the hood, you know what I mean? And it's so much money involved. Like, let's do the math. Let's do quick some quick math real quick. Of course, we know singles and stuff was $3.99 at the time. It wasn't a dollar like they are now. It was like $3.99, okay? My single went platinum, okay? So let's just do it. Let's just do it at a dollar. Singles is a dollar now, okay? So we know that that's $3 million if the singles are $3.99, and you sell a million copies, that's $4 million, pretty much. That's $4 million, okay? MC Brains didn't see any of it, all right? That's a platinum single. Now, if we go off of, of, off of a gold album, my gold album sold 500,000 copies, okay? We're not going to do it at the $16.99 that they really cost. We're going to do it at $10 a watt, okay? So 500,000 records at $10 a watt, that sounds like $5 million to me. Right? Okay, so so far I done counted up about $9 million. Okay? I haven't, I haven't seen none of it. Okay? So now we're not going to go into the publishing. Okay? Publishing, that's a whole other thing. So add some more millions on top of that. Alright? Then we ain't going to go in the show. So we're going to talk about when you when somebody takes every dime and that much money is going around, that's a slime bar. Yeah, that's a slime bar. That's too much money. You 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 can't give me. You can't give me. You can't give me something. <laughs> Nigga, I just made you all that money. Yeah. So the, the the dude he was talking to on the phone in the movie was me. When he was at the office on the phone, and I was like, "Yo, Mike, you said you was that was me." What? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, that was me. So my thing is this. If I signed the contract at the time, my brother, my brother was killed by gunfire right a year before I got my deal. He was 19. I was 14 before I got my deal. My mom was so ready for me to get out that neighborhood. He took advantage of the situation. My mom like, yo, go, go. My brother got just got shot in this neighborhood. She like, go, go get out of here. He took advantage of a black woman that lost her kid and she won her other baby out of the hood. That's what that's what he did. 
And my mother signed it and, and did what she do. But, but because we signed a bad contract, does that make it right? No, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. So there, there, I'm sure there was a level of trust that was involved. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And for you to for you to do that, like that's whack. Like I wrote my whole album. I wrote Boys to Men's lyrics that was on my album. I wrote for Boys to Men. I wrote for Johnny Gill. I wrote for all of them. All of that writing that was on my album, I wrote all that shit. Boys to Men wrote. Boys and Men the sequel. They contributed in writing Boys and Men the sequel. Brainstorming was written by me. Brains is going crazy featuring Johnny Gill was written by me. Everybody's talking about MC Brains with the Mary Jane girls. That was written by me. That's that baby was writing all them records, bro. And now this grown man, all I ever wanted to do was for you to look me in my face, face to face as a man, and tell me why you take all my fucking money. But you can't do that. And to this day, he's never even wanted to have a conversation. Never. Matter of fact, I contacted him. He said, what's your number? I sent my number to him. He never called me. You, you, you would figure at, at some point in time, as men, let's have a conversation. That's my point. So, look, let me give you this real quick about the publishing. So, I called about my publishing. So, the lady on the phone say, uh, Mr. Davis, you shouldn't have a problem because um, your name has gotten a whole lot of publishing. Your name is uh, James. What is your name? I said, my name is James DeShannon Davis. She said, uh, your name is James DeShannon Davis? She said, you sure your name isn't Jim, James, uh, James Jimmy Arthur Davis? I said, no, my name is not James Jimmy Arthur Davis. My name is James DeShannon Davis. She said, well, Mr. James Arthur Jimmy Davis over in Switzerland got a whole lot of money. Huh. All right. Man, that's creepy. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so as you see, I come from an era where... For years, I've held this shit in because I don't believe in snitching, and and maybe this shit gonna clear up. But goddamn it, it's thirty years now, nigga. You ain't clearing nothing up. Fuck that. So so now mentally, as you're going through this, like like, did you have to deal with depression? Like, how did it affect you? Man, mentally? listen here. You go from being on TV every day and then having to go face these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Whole another ball game, bro. Dude, you you talking about man? I was walking down the street with my groceries. I'll never forget. I was walking down the street because my car had broke down, but I needed to get groceries, so I was walking down the street with my groceries. A car pulled up next to me and said, "Ah, Brad, you doing it like us now, huh?" <laughs> had to go, had to face the funk, but I didn't have to come here and face the funk. I was already living in Cali. You know what I'm saying? I got my son and everything out there. I was like, I, could, I didn't have to come here to face the phone. But this is home. This is where I was comfortable at. So fuck it. I'm just going to come here and I'm going to face the phone and we're going to get it. Right. So everything that MC Brains got, everything that MC Brains have accomplished, only thing Michael Bivens has done for me is help people know this face. That's it. That's it. Everything I've accomplished, everything that I got for myself, any of my artists, Everything, any materialistic thing that I got, I got everything out the mud myself. Nobody helped me do nothing. 
Now, at, at what point did you say, you know what? I'm not even going to dwell on this right now. I got to get to stepping. I got to make shit happen. Once I realized that, I said in my head, there's two people in my life that, well, not in my life, there's two people, and I'm a real good dude, man. I swear I am. I, I, I'm good to people. Um, I got it's, There's two people that I pray on every day that I wish to be executed, and that's the one that killed my brother, and that's Michael Bivens. And and I pray on that. I pray on it. You know what I'm saying? I literally pray on that. And because I, I'm, I'm strong enough to where if I wasn't where I'm at in my head and I didn't have a support system that I got, I probably would have lost it. You feel what I'm saying? Right. But I got too much shit to do and I got too many people looking up to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm a boss. I've always been a boss. Always been the leader of my pack. Always. So I never was into really showing anyone that I'm down. Okay, you know what bro. I'm saying? I've always just kept it, kept it pushing and keep it pushing. I ain't never cried about my uh, life situations. You know what I'm saying? Never have in my life and never will. But it's just, you know, to me, it's just as you get older and, you know, I watch these artists pushing and pushing, you know what I'm saying? And I see them winning and, and and it makes you feel so good. It makes you wonder, like, how the fuck do somebody get to the point to where, like, it was done to me. I, I'm i terrified for somebody to feel about me how I feel about him. Right. And then <laughs> they have to face that person and their family. And Come on, man. That's just, that, that's just too much. It's just too, it's too much. It's too much heat. Too much heat. Then, you know, he got mutual friends that check my temperature all the time. <laughs> the classic move. Because yeah, he got he got mutual mutual friends that that literally check my temperature on a regular basis, just to see what I'm on. But what what I am, I'm, I'm far from an idiot. I'm not an idiot. I'm not gonna do nothing to him. That that's just an idiot move. All I want to do is it, it just look at your face, man to man, and ask you why, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Why? Why, why you didn't get, what I do to you where you didn't give me a dollar, nigga? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Don't get it twisted. When I first got there, I got money on a, on a car, like $10,000. And you know what that, you know what that, you know, you know whose money that was? You know who, that was my money. Yeah. Do you know whose money the, the condo was? Do you know whose money all the clothes was? That was all my money. That was my $250,000 budget that Motown gave me. That he got me thinking that he hooking me up, nigga. You ain't hooking me up. You blood. You you're building up my bill. Yeah, running it up. Running my bill up. Spending my money is what you doing. So so you just took all that and like you know what? I'm about to be a blessing. All day, all day, all day. I'm Yahweh's son, man. So I'm gonna always make sure that I stay on point because I got I gotta make sure I gotta make sure I please him. Yes, yes. You know what I'm saying? I got to make sure I please him, man. I didn't tour Europe. I toured all of Japan. I toured Canada. I tour is no, I tour every motherfucking where he got every dime of it. Every dime. That's just. Every, every, no, 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 no. I take that back. I got $35 a day per diem. 30. <laughs> $35 a day per diem. And you know, and you know, you know whose money that was? Yours. <laughs> yeah, 
acting like he's doing something for you with with what's rightfully yours. Nonsense. My artist will never, nobody will ever look at me the way, like I look at him like, like I, I have no respect for somebody to deal with people like that. I have no respect for that. All of that money, man? And you got money already? And, and you couldn't get 15%, 10%? Come on, man. Come on, man. You're a fucking slime ball. You're a slime ball. You're a fucking slime ball, bro. Man, that, that, yeah, because, yeah. I feel you on that because that's that, real shit. And I'm not no hater, man. I, I, I for, for for over close to thirty years, I kept that in, not making what, not wanting to make that man look bad. But we fucking men now, nigga. And I'm like, nigga, like you gonna come holler at me or something? You don't want to yeah. holler at me, then I'm just gonna tell my truth. My truth is my truth. Yeah. I'm not lying. I'm not lying on the dude. You know what I'm saying it's all truth. All truth, man. Nigga took every fucking dime. Nigga didn't give me a penny. Bought me. I had a house in Beachwood. Took that. Mm. Cause I put my finger in his face once I found out he was stealing my money. <laughs> he got the, and, and ever since I did that, no holler at all. Ever right. since I put and I, now, if I was a loose, if if I wasn't young and hot headed at the time, I would have been smart and I would have just played him. And then I would have probably would have got my little hookup of what I needed out of. But at this point, I'm young. I'm hot. Like, dude, you're stealing all my money. Yeah, you ready to put your hands on him. I was ready to do some Union Square Cleveland shit with him at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was just being nice by saying put your hands on him. Cause... <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, man. But I swear, man, and, and, and everybody that I tell this story, because lately I've been telling my truth. And, 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 and it's really... It's really not to bash him, man. It's just my truth. Because you see, I didn't say nothing about him. Every time you mentioned, I just told you the story. Yeah. And then you then you, then you, you asked me the God off a question. What did I learn from him? <laughs> I just told you my truth. Yeah. But but I did not I did not say shit about him until you gave me the room. Yeah. And, and, and that's fair. And, that's and I, just answered, I just answered your question honestly. Yeah, and, and 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 that's what I would expect. That's on. That's honestly what I would expect. And now, let's pick up here. You're working with your artists. Mm -hmm. Feeling good about yourself. What's going on with brains right here and right now? Oh uh, man, let me tell you something, man. My boss, my G, is on one thousand right now. I feel the best I've ever felt ever in my career. Why? Because I'm in control of it. I'm pushing every button that got something to do with my career, and that gives me so much, so much satisfaction, man. Like, you know, I, 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 I'm the button pusher. You know what I'm saying? I make and 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 the thing now is, I've learned to be, you know, self-contained. Like merchandise, fucking studio mixing, mastering. Um, um, uh, promotional items, anything, that's all getting done in-house. I don't go reach out to nobody for that. I got it all in my possession. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is just showing these artists how to first make the nine-to-five money. We need you to be able to do this as a nine-to-five first. It's a job. Because a lot of people mess up 
and try to be superstars, but they fail to realize it takes things like a quarter of a million dollar budget in order to do certain things. True. So you're trying to do things that you don't have enough money for. But you can get a thousand fans that guaranteed buy your shit every time you drop it and make a living. And, and eat well. <laughs> yes, you can. And you can get a thousand people in one city. You know, and then especially with, you know, um, everything, well, is sort of opening back up. Get to doing shows. Yeah. That's one of my, that's one of my, that's one of my strengths, man. I go, I go beat that stage up. Everybody know me that, um, anybody that ever seen an MC Brain show know that it's a show. I've always gotten down, uh, hearing these babies rapping to, uh, rapping it with their songs is driving me crazy. <laughs> it's driving me bananas, man. I, I'm so tired of hearing them cut the record on. And half lip syncing, half doing the record, and then they take the mic and put it, take it away from their mouth, yeah. and then put it back. The lyrics just going. And then a lot of them don't even be knowing their own songs. That's exactly. what crazy. How the hell you not know your own music? <laughs> that's them. That's them goddamn prescription drugs that we wasn't on. <laughs> Man. Yeah. Now, well, but- what a lot of people don't know, you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yes, sir, man. Hey, look, that's what, I, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm Yahweh's son. So at the end of the day, the father going to take care of me. He's going to take care of me at all times, no matter what. As long as I stick to it, he's going to take care of me. Here you go. There was, no cel- there was no ceremony. There was no nothing because of COVID and that whole nine. But I got the, I got the call and literally... I'm in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as Ohio's first platinum rap artist. So, you know so what I mean? They got, they got my sneakers in there and the whole shit. So tell me how that played out when when you get the call. Like, how how did that whole experience go? Well, for a minute, rest in peace to my role manager. I told my role manager that um, I felt like I deserved to be in there. Mm-hmm. That's why I tell people, you know, you got to always, you know, speak, speak, speak what you want because it'll happen. Yeah, I, told my Roma, I, said, I told them I deserve to be in there. And since they haven't contacted me yet, um, I want to go out there and sit in front of the Rock Hall and get a petition signed. Mm-hmm. My role manager was a little on the heavier side, and it was hot outside. He said, man, I don't want to sit in all that motherfucking heat, man. Just let me, uh, let me make some calls, man. Let me make some calls. <laughs> so he got on the phone, and he started making calls. And... um, uh. He's my role manager, and I was always better on the administrative side of things. So he could put me on the road, and all I have to do is worry about doing my job. He takes care of everything else. But on this administrative thing, he got in contact with somebody, and he said, hey, I, um, I just wanted to call and tell, see if you guys know this information. He said, uh, do you know uh, who MC Brains is? They said, no. They said, well, he's Ohio's first platinum rap artist. She said, can you Google this name for me? So the lady, lady Googled it. She looked. She said, oh, wow. We didn't know. And literally from there, they asked me for some artifacts. They took a few of my artifacts, and they put some in the Rock Hall library. 
and they put they put my music in the Rock Hall Library, and they took a pair of my because you know I wear chucks all the time, so they okay. took a pair of my chucks and they put my chucks in the Rock Hall too, and I also put Ohio's first platinum rap artist. So it made me feel like a million freaking bucks, man. Um, I even got I even got they even contacted me, and I had the honor of welcoming Buster Rhymes into the Rock Hall. You know, just like maybe a week ago, not too long ago. Uh, his jacket and stuff is like right over my shoes. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I was able to welcome him in. And I just, just being so, that's dope coming from, coming from the city. You know what I'm saying? Super dope. And they, they they let me greet him and do the MC thing. You know what I'm saying? And it was dope. He knew who I was. It was much respect, man. And it was dope to see him get his stuff placed in there, man. But just to be a part of those things of history, like it lets yeah, me that's know a, that's historical, man. Like it don't get it don't it don't get man. I, anybody talk crap? Anybody got crap to talk? I just man. What, what else do I gotta do? <laughs> what else do I gotta do, man? I'm in a fucking rock hall, I, yeah. and, and some some of their favorite artists is nowhere near the rock hall. Yeah, cause it, it's like um like in football. I was telling somebody one day, I was like. It's a lot of guys with Super Bowl ranks. A lot. Yeah. yeah. But how many is in that pro football hall of fame? With the exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was, a, that, was, that was a great example, my brother. Yeah. That was a great example. That was, that was, that was a super example. But how many is in how the, How many is actually in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah. I mean, right, the Football Hall of Fame. And you're right. Not many. Not There's a whole lot that's not there. Put it like this: My idol is not there. My idol that I grew up going. Up to, I told you, LL, LL, not in there, man. Yeah. I'm in there before my idol. <laughs> what kind of fucking shit is that, man? That's a freaking blessing. That's crazy. So, so how how do you feel about the landscape of hip hop right now? Right now, um, a little disappointed for the simple fact that I'm like I'm not about to sound like one of these old. Irritated yeah. dudes. I'm not about to sound like that. The angry because, old head. Because, but I can say what I'm saying because I'm contributing. I don't like to hear the old heads saying shit if you ain't contributing. If you ain't contributing, just shut the fuck up and let the kids do what they do. Yeah. If you're contributing, it's a whole other thing. Now, with the kids right now, it's a problem with me that there was a number one law in hip hop, and you're going to remember this law. Do you remember what the law was? Mm-hmm. No biting. Yep. Exactly. You are not allowed to bite. If you bit anybody's shit, you was considered whack. Yeah. Flat you out. Were whack. We were challenged to be different. You had to have your own flow and your own sound. You had to have your own flow, your own beats, your own everything, your own clothes, everything. Yeah. Your whole shit had to be nothing like the next dude. Originality is a must. Yes, very, very must, man. So, so like right now, I hear every record that I hear is just a rendition of another record. Same thing. Yeah, I'm talking about duh, They're singing the same melodies, and they're all sounding the same. All of them want to sound like Optimus Prime. Everybody. <laughs> All we had was Roger. Yeah. We had Roger, and then when the generations changed, we had T-Pain. Yeah, and that was, that was like a, what, uh, 
20, 20 years. Yeah, 20, 20, 25 year gap. 20, 25 year gap all day long. But we had enough time to accept another Roger. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, they just going bananas with it, man. And do you know, I'm, I'm an engineer. Do you know how many ways you can make your voice sound in the studio? <laughs> you can make your voice sound so many different ways in the studio. Yeah. And they all want to sound like each other. So now this music industry has built itself up on, I'm going to do it better than he did it. Yeah. That sucks. If we wanted Poor Righteous Teacher, we went and got Poor Righteous Teacher. We wanted yeah. some DOS effects, we went and got some DOS effects. We want some De La Soul. We go get some De La Soul. Yeah, it, it was it was a, a a cornucopia of artists that you know it, it was like a buffet. You know this this buffet is all macaroni and cheese. All macaroni and cheese. <laughs> all different shaped noodles, but they're all macaroni and cheese. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all, all macaroni and cheese, man. But I refuse to complain without being an example, and that's why you know. One of the reasons I brought Hell Vale on, and shout out to Hell Vale and Jubin. Um, I brought Hell Vale on because Hell Vale was actually rapping. He talking about some street shit and all that, but it's 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 beautifully painted pictures. And it's not it's no autotune. It's it's no melodies that they were singing. It's the old boom bap in the rap. Cause I enjoy like if if uh like when one of these young up and coming artists let me hear something, you know, because mm -hmm. I listen to a lot of music from these guys, they they want my opinion, and I am so impressed when I actually hear their voice, as is, and that's that right there is what makes you original. For for the most part, I'll say ninety percent of people got a different voice. Use your voice. I want them to know what my voice sound like. Yes. So they can say that's brains. You hear all you don't know who the hell rapping. Yeah, I'll be trying to figure it out. I have to ask my son, who was that? Oh, this <laughs> a... And then I'll ask him, how do you know? <laughs> like, how do you what's the... I just I just but to fully answer your question, I just want some more originality, man. Originality and and and, and, and realizing that and these fans should hold them more accountable. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These fans should stop jumping up for nonsense because that's all they got. You know what I'm saying? And then you go to the promoter. I'm The whole game, you go to the promoter. Now the promoters of the shows, the promoters of these concerts and these showcases, they're not promoting to the consumer. They're promoting to the artists. Yeah. They're not, they're not promoting to the consumer, bro. They're promoting to the artists to sell slots. Yep. And I don't have to have not one lick of talent. All I, I gotta have is a hundred dollars. To get on stage. And I can get on stage. So now me as a consumer, you got me paying twenty dollars to get in your funky ass show and look at amateurs performing because you letting them perform. They don't have to have no talent. But what happened to having a good ticket that everybody wanna come see? And talk about, and talk about, and keep talking about like like a month like even now. Some you know I hear some people still talking about we're gonna take it back. Talent shows like remember so and so and them and the talent you, you know what I'm saying 
just them type of performances that you literally remember forever. Yes. Memorable shows that I remember. Man, I remember Ice Cube sitting in the middle of the stage in, a, in an electric chair. Yeah. You got any last words? Yeah. <laughs> Kick that shit. God damn, I did, y'all said it all. You know what I'm saying? But they was performing then. Yeah. And by the way, a lot of people don't know my first contract was from Ice Cube and the Lynch Mob. They gave me a deal first. I got in trouble with them, and my mom didn't let me sign the contract. I got a deal with Mike maybe six months after that. And mama said, okay, that's a little more better. Mm. Yeah, so I was, I've was, been moving and shaking, bro. What, what, was, your, what was your first... Uh... Like true hip hop concert, that that was your favorite. Like this is my shit. true my 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 true hip hop concert was. Can I be honest and tell you the best concert hip best concert I ever seen in my fucking life? Yeah, MC Hammer. Really, best show I ever seen in my life. They can say what they want about them. MC Hammer. MC Hammer, how you looking at the stage like this the whole time? He's a showman. It's a showman. But as far as straight up hip hop, straight rap dude, I have to give it to um I have to give it to Lil Wayne. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne tears that damn stage up, man. Yeah. Tears it up. Tears it up. And I love to see when artists got passion. And you can tell that they enjoying themselves up there. Yeah. You know what I'm I think my first major hip hop concert that just blew my mind, it was actually in the Madison Square Garden. Mm. Run DMC, LL Cool J, Beastie Boys, and Houdini. Oh, that was an incredible concert. You, I lost my mind. You, I'm like, you, I'm not you, coming back. You can't put another line up better than that. <laughs> You can't put another line up better than that. Now, if we was talking, I thought we were talking about current, but now if you're talking about back, going back, I got to go with LL, man. My mom and them took me to see yeah. LL. I went bananas. Showman, he, he puts on a show. Man, let me tell you something. My hat is like a short stand. See, and, 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 and I've been to good shows recently, but that right there was like everything. Yeah. You know? Plus, yeah. plus. Plus the venue, we in the Madison Square Garden. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, man. But yeah, I just I am just a hip hop head, man. I'm a hip hop head. Like now, I'm working on my new album, man. I, I realized that um when I was recording at first, I started doing some records and I heard myself saying some things that my 47-year-old ass shouldn't be saying. Okay. So I needed to check myself. You know what I'm saying? I needed to grow. You know what I'm saying? Um, I know I can't survive in this game rapping about the things that I was rapping about at 47 years old. So, I mean, that's just common sense. So, I had to get my mind right as a man. I, I was I was back a lot on being a, a, a 100% man. Like, just because I missed out on a lot of um, things that young men get to experience and before coming to man, like I was in the whole Hollywood thing, you know what I'm saying? So I missed a lot of, you know, a lot of things that I should have got. So I really wasn't, I didn't mature too late. I was always mature. I was never a 
a, a dumb kid. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying as far as when my mind got to where I wanted to lead and I wanted to be an example and things like that. And now that's what's important to me. So now I'm doing a hip hop and R&B album and I'm fully in my pocket. I'm fully talking about the things like me and you talking about right now. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm fully, I'm, 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 I'm making a record for 40 and over and anybody that's 40 and under, if they, if 30, 39 and under, if they want to listen, they can listen. But I don't care about nothing but my 40 and over. Cause when I was kids, my parents liked hip hop. So I'm making something for us. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I just feel it's a market, even, even though if you go by media, they probably say it's not a market, but it is a market. And I feel like we just haven't seen the maturation of hip hop because it's the youngest genre of music. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like how you got Nas and Jay Z, they still dropping. Exactly, exactly. But they started, they, they grew up and they started talking about things that that grown ass should be talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah, like, what I had to wrap around my mind to make sure that I'm talking about shit that a king could be talking about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm, I got a lot of the R&B singers. I'm R&B singers out on this album. I'm not trying to show how good I can rap. I'll rather keep wearing their ass out in the ciphers. Right. I'll yeah. rather... Just, your folks just putting out good music. Good music. I, I, they can put on shoes and dresses and come to my show. When they walk through that door, they're going to think that they're going, people going to think they walk, they're going to a comedy show coming to my show. We, 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 we breaking the linen out, pulling the hats out, dog, and we're about to groan, groan this shit up. Yes, yes. We, we're, about to, we're about to make it all the way right, bro. Live band, the whole hookup. I'm looking forward to that. Is there, is there any advice you have for a guy that's really, guy or female, really trying to step their foot into the music game? Like, you know, maybe they're doing the SoundCloud and, and things like that, but they're trying to figure out how to take it to that next level. What advice or suggestions would you have for them? Well, number one, and a lot of people are going to be mad at me for saying this, but I don't care. I'm, 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 the, old, I'm, I'm the ambassador here in Cleveland, so I'm going to say what I got to say. Um, a lot of a lot of um, streaming is a is a fool's game. It's a fool's game. The record labels are now giving the artists pennies on their music. The record labels own the streaming services, bro. They own the streaming services, and now they give you know how much you know how much how many streams they got to get to make ten dollars. Yeah, I had seen uh, the other day um, Mark Gordon from LeBert. You got to get 2,500. Hear me out. Not 250, not 25. You got to get 2,500 streams to make $10. What am I doing that for? Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 so my model is... Do that, but also focus on direct sales. My artists sell their music on their flash drives. They got videos. My artist got 14 songs, three videos, his photos, all that shit on there for $20. You're going to get his album at his website, direct sales again. I have my artists send them to go, 
Go to my website. If you want to stream, please stream. Thank you for the streams. But go to my website. That's what helps me, please. Yeah. Yeah, and just and just bump the website. Direct sales. Direct sales, bro. That's how that's how you come up. Cause you doing the streaming thing, now you're gonna take forever with that. When they holding up, I got a million. I, I can't go right, I can't go get it right now. But I got a, a platinum plaque. My platinum plaque is worth a million dollars. These platinum plaques that they holding up for streaming, that shit is worth four thousand dollars. <laughs> Again, twenty five hundred streams for ten dollars. All, 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 all they gotta do is do them. All, all you hearing is research. That's all you hearing, and that's, and that's another thing. Research, 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 research. Yeah. Research. If you're interested in this game, figure out how it works. Because direct sales. So in other words, here you go. Now, I, your artist is streaming. My artist decides to go into a party. He got 10 flash drives around his neck. He's selling them at $20 a watt. He sell 10 of them. Boom. Ahead. Way ahead. <laughs> his competitor is $10, $10 every 250,000 streams. Every 2,500 streams, $10. We did that. We we could triple that in an hour. Yeah. Direct sales. So it's the same. It's the same game as we was doing back in the day with the tapes and the CDs. You just got to change the device. It's a device now. Now it's a USB. Yes. It went from tapes. I mean, forty fives, albums, tapes, CDs. Now it's USBs. Get with the program. <laughs> That's all you got to do. But don't change the method because they're fooling you. They're robbing these babies, man. Like, I got the streaming. All my artists are streaming. We'll take it. But we pushing you to direct sales. Yeah. Like, shit, you done got robbed once. You ain't letting it happen again. Not at all. We don't play that game. <laughs> we don't play that game. And, 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 and my artists will never go through none of that. That's what's up. None of that. I got a, she's, she's 16 years, I got a pop artist, she's 16 years old, man, she uh, doing really well, she got a song out now, she only got her single out, her single out is called Goodnight, you can see that on all streaming, her name is Julian, she's dope too, you know what I'm saying, I'm just, you know, I'm just teaching them to be businessmen and women and dope artists and dope people, there's artists that come to me all the time that's super dope, but if you're an asshole, I don't fuck with you, Yeah, I don't. It's it's all good. It's all good people and good vibes around about me. There's a lot of people like, man, why you ain't mess with them? I said because they're headache. I don't believe in headaches. No. I don't believe in headaches. And please stop coming in my inbox saying let's work. <laughs> so when they say they say let's work. I send them what my prices are, and then I don't hear anything. <laughs> you say it work. You say let's work. Yeah. But the majority of them think less work means come get in the studio with me. I don't understand why so many people expect me out of all people to do anything for free. On top, I don't even know these people. So why yeah. am I doing it for free? Then they get an attitude when you don't do it for free. But that's but that's only at home. But again, I'm not calling I'm not calling you to get something free from you. I don't even know you. Yeah. Hey, B, we need to get in the studio. All right. Well, the studio costs this. And if you want me to do a beat for you, it costs this. If you want me to be a feature on it, it costs this. Oh, 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 oh. All right. 
Run it like a business. It is a business. I'm going to run it like a business. I'm the OG. I don't understand why they would think that I'm about to carry about the cabin like I'm 21 years old. <laughs> I, my, my youngest baby, my oldest baby is 29 years old. Right. So you got to keep it pushing. got to keep it pushing. If it ain't about business, I ain't in it. Somebody That's all it is. And then my studio is not open to the public. I, I pick and choose. Cause I don't got no, I ain't got none of the bullshit around my way. Ain't nobody getting shot. Ain't nobody beefing. Ain't no, ain't none of that going on around my way. Good vibes, great vibes around my way. Yeah, you got to treat your studio like a home. It has to be like home. And every last one of my artists can come to my home and break bread with me. There it is. So it's about it's 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 about it's. They say you can't mix personal and business, but in my case, I have to mix personal and business. Yeah, I don't see why you can't. It, you I, know, gotta, I gotta, I gotta like you, man. I gotta like you. I bottom line, yeah. I gotta like you. Yeah, the dynamics have to be have to be right. Yeah, all day. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But, man, I want to thank you for your time. I love this conversation, man. All day. It was, it was enlightening. I think uh, everybody that's going to check it out is going to learn a lot from it, mm -hmm. and. Uh, you, once again, congratulations on being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Oh, 30th year, 30th anniversary for Uchi Coochie and Rock and Roll Hall of Fame celebration is going down. The 30th anniversary for Uchi Coochie is December 3rd. Okay. You so we're working, on, we're working on putting together a big party. It's going to be in the wintertime, so you got to break your furs and all that shit out. But we're putting together, we're putting together a party for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame celebration. And the 30th anniversary for Uchi Coochie. Okay, promote it. I'll definitely be in the loop, and I'll look forward to attending. Thank you, man. Hey, I appreciate this, and I appreciate your time, because I know time is valuable. And also, I appreciate it not being an interview, but a conversation. Exactly. That's how I like to do it, my brother. I appreciate that. All right, I'll be in touch in the future, though. All right, bro. Have a good one. You as well. 216, you can see it on my face. Bang. Ha, <laughs> ha,